and welcome to the To Mom podcast. My name is Valerie Propsfeld. Please join me as we encourage mothers to live their verb while also practicing self-grace. The goal of this podcast is to promote love as an action and live life more authentically. Just think about it. In five generations from now, you will have approximately 30 descendants and the number keeps getting larger and larger. We have more power as moms than we realize. Motherhood, in my opinion, is the most important job in the world. Hey everybody, welcome. I am here with my guest, Diana, the self-care catalyst. This podcast is to inspire moms like you. To mom is to love, mission is to support, encourage, and empower each other as imperfect moms to love as a verb. My guest, Diana, is coming to us from Maine. And this episode is for all you nurses and nurse practitioners out there. Diana helps nurses and nurse practitioners prioritize themselves, beat burnout, so they can have more time and energy for fun. Diana describes herself as a burnout survivor, toddler mom, wife, self-care, and self-love junkie. Diana, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Diana, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as you said, I'm from Maine, which is beautiful this time of year. So it's November for anyone listening, and it's beautiful outside, lots of changing trees, and it's getting a little crisper, which is nice. Um, I am a mom. I have two children, and I work uh, almost full-time as a neuro outpatient NP, and I have my business where I support nurses and nurse practitioners who are at risk for suffering from burnout, who are looking to find ways to prioritize themselves so they really have more time and energy for the things that they want to be doing, like spending time with their families and friends and traveling and just breathing the sweet, fresh air of the fall like we are here. Um, so mm. that's what I do. I'm married. I have an amazing husband, two very high maintenance cats on Prozac. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here to talk to your audience. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm so glad that what you are doing for us nurses and nurse practitioners, I mean, we really do need to fill up our our cups with self-love and self-care. And thank you for helping us recognize that. Um, so Diana, you have an interesting life story and you give such vulnerability when sharing your story. How would you say the lows, uh, change us when we're going through tough times and what was your transformation process like when you discovered that you wanted to do this business and uh, became passionate about, uh, burnout and self-love? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. So yeah, it's been a ride for I think anyone, we all have those ups and downs in the roller coaster of life. Um, but you know, in the moment, it seems really hard. And, you know, oftentimes very sad. But I think something that I've learned over the years is that the, the kind of quote unquote failures that we've had in our life or the things that haven't gone the way they were supposed to go, just kind of provide us feedback for the way in which we want to show up in the world and and, you know, the actions that we take, the choices that we make, it's just feedback for um, empowering ourselves to do things that seem right at the time. And we learn along the way and that's okay. Um, I yeah. think, you know, as nurses and nurse practitioners, we 
generally are kind of doers, type A, like perfectionists. We like things to go as planned. I remember in my 20s, I had like my life plan written out literally on a piece of paper, like at this age, I'll do this. At yep. this age, I'll do this. And I'll have kids. And I'm telling you right now, like, <laughs> none, of it, none of it went to plan. Um, but looking back on all those hard times, you know, I, you know, got divorced really young. Um, I have definitely had, you know, struggles along the way with career choice where I thought I wanted to work in a lab doing research. Mm. Um, I was a bio major and then I worked at a cancer research lab and realized it like really wasn't for me. Um, and having those realizations can be really scary. Cause you're like, wait a second, like this is like relationships. It's like, oh my God, this is like my I thought was my person and we've grown apart and, you know, you've invested all this time and energy and it's really hard to walk away sometimes when you feel that like, oh my gosh, like I'm failing. I'm not what I thought I was in terms of like, quote unquote success. But I think when we reframe what success really looks like and being kind of nice to ourselves and Mm -hmm. saying, Hey girl, you know what? You did the best you could with the resources that you had at the time. And sure, you know, maybe that career choice wasn't the right choice for you, but good for you for understanding that and good for you for saying, I'm going to take a scary leap and do something else, which is what I did Where when I um, left my job in a period of like three months, applied to nursing school, went back to school in the midst of going through my terrible, you know, relationship. I finished up school. Yeah. Um, so it was quite the journey, but um But I think, you know, we have to trust ourselves to make good decisions. And I think we can all look at evidence in our life where we have made really good decisions. And we just have to kind of put ourselves first and look at the things that really matter to us at the time and do the best we can. And that's how I ended up here, because here we are. You know, I am a burnout survivor, but um, I think many of us in healthcare are. Um, In my first job, I burned out um, my first MP job, and a lot of it had to do with my work environment and the lack of support there, but also in my own mindset. You know, I'm not a believer in blaming us. I think that there's a lot within the system that really fails us. Um, But I do strongly, strongly believe that there are things that we can do as human beings to support ourselves the best we can, like setting boundaries and, you know, having some semblance of work life, you know, harmony, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, it led me here and I, at this point, wouldn't change it. That's amazing. I love hearing stories like that because it is so much of this. You think you have your life perfectly planned out and surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Life gives you so many surprises. I did the same thing where I wrote out exactly what I would do. Mm-hmm. I think since like, I don't know, like before the millennium, I was started doing that. Like in yeah. the 90s, I remember being young and like writing all this stuff. Like, here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make a one year list, 10 year. And then like now I'm older mm-hmm. and I like look back at these lists that I saved them. And it's like, oh, wow. Like I had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> And it's actually funny. Like I look at it too and I'm like, thank God that wasn't what happened. Like I was not prepared for the reality of what that like list quote unquote looked like. Yes. Um, That's a good point. So funny. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, if I had two kids at 27, I would have been a hot mess. Like I would not have been prepared. Like that was not appropriate for that stage of my life. You know, now Mm -hmm. I have two kids. I feel like we have 
like a beautiful, beautiful family. And yeah, there's challenges. I mean, moms, working moms, it's hard. It is hard, you know, and there was mom burnout too. Um, but yeah, I, I really wouldn't change the journey. And I know that sounds very Mr. Rogers, but I think that, you know, um, we really just have to look at all these things that happen in our life and, you know, forgive ourselves for the things that we feel we kind of didn't do well, quote unquote, and also look at them as like a growth opportunity versus like something that reflects poorly on us as human beings. Yes. That, that growth mindset. I love that. I mean, I talk so much and write so much about how important that is because I think for a long time I was so obsessed with failure and am I going to fail at life with whatever, I don't know who's giving this exam, but like I always thought this was like a pass or fail thing. And then when I learned about that power of yet, the growth mindset from Carol Dweck's, it's like, I, it's just not yet. Like we're always learning. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. we're just, and that's, what's so beautiful about life. Mm-hmm. I, um, my, so my kids right now are, um, well, my oldest will be eight soon. And then I have a five and a three-year-old and it was cute this morning. I was just thinking about this growth mindset thing because they were playing school with the cars in the basement. Like my son needs mm-hmm. to learn sight words and my five-year-old and my eight-year-old was trying to teach him. And he was just saying, spelling them incorrectly or his car was spelling them incorrectly. And I thought she was going to like, be like, no, that's wrong. Like just kind of how I was used to being educated. And she said he spelled, but B O T. And she was like, no, it's B U T. You just have to cut the O in half. And I thought that was like such a growth mindset. I'm like, wow, I like the way she's being taught that <laughs> and like the patience with it. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but that is so much of life where we're just, um, we're always learning. We're always growing. Yeah, and a lot of the messaging, like you said, that we receive growing up kind of shapes the way we are as adults. So, you know, the way we view failure or the way we view, you know, setbacks and things like that. Um, or even just the way we view self-care and mm. setting boundaries and the way we communicate with people. Like a lot of that messaging is stuff that we just like carry on with us. And a lot of, you know, the thoughts of our own self-worth and whether we're smart enough or good enough and all this stuff, mm. like, you know, is wrapped up to wrapped up in a lot of that, like childhood messaging, um, yeah. which, you know, obviously is unpack Like we, work on this in my mentorship program. Like part of what we do there is inner work. And part of what we do is like hard skills for navigating the workplace and like really like integrating, um, you know, boundaries and, you know, appropriate habits to support your self care and time and energy management, things like that. But a lot mm. of it is like inner work where you're bringing awareness to things that maybe aren't serving you and like messaging that you're giving yourself that may be actually setting you back and where it's coming from. Cause a lot of times it's just, fear of judgment or fear of, you know, the way people look at us or, um, you know, failure or even success sometimes like, Oh, what if I do it well? And then what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, am I able to do it? Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's really complex, but it, it's definitely figure outable as they say. And, you know, it's, it's why like self-affirmations and things like that help 
It's because it does help rewire the way you speak to yourself. And yeah, it's going to feel weird because for X amount of decades, you've been talking to yourself a certain way. And I always, to my mentees, I talk about Mm -hmm. it like a metaphor where you're looking at, you know, two pathways, you know, there's one through the woods that's like well-worn and people have been strolling down it for years and years and Mm -hmm. years. And then there's like that overgrown, scary, full of thorns way. So of course, like our default mode is to go to that like well-traveled trail, but maybe it doesn't go to the place that we really want it to go. Maybe this other path is worth exploring and that's where you get your machete out and you go through and you do that work. But then over time that becomes Mm. the well-worn trail and the other trail becomes overgrown. And that's the beautiful thing about change and shifting and pivoting is just trusting that we're again, making good decisions and empowering ourselves through the inner work to then do the actions required to feel better, like setting boundaries and having difficult conversations and leaving toxic work environments and all that stuff. But if you don't have that foundational belief that you are enough and that you are smart enough and that you, you you can do hard things as Brene Brown says, um, you know, I think that, um, or I don't even know, maybe that was Glennon Doyle, but anyway, doesn't matter. We can all do hard things. Um, but that's yes. what kind of empowers us to then take those actions. But that that belief has to be there. That's like the foundation of all of it. And that's why it's important to talk about both when yeah. we're looking at navigating burnout. Like when we're talking about our own, the things that we have agency over versus like the systemic craziness that's out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the idea of slowing down and rest, I was just talking to a patient about this yesterday, seems really unsafe because it's mm-hmm. not how we've been operating for a really long time. Like we've been living or flight so that feels comfortable and it feels cushy and good and we're like yeah I mean it feels like crazy but we're like this is like our comfort zone yeah so when we slow down and I feel like nurses especially like post pan or during the pandemic like definitely felt this way where it's like the minute you're like you're in like hyper vigilance mode and the minute you like simmer you're just like whoa 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 like this doesn't feel right yeah easy to like kind of slip back into doing mode because uh-huh it feels comfortable. So sometimes rest actually feels really like unsettling in a way yes. for a lot of us. Um, and we feel, that's why we kind of feel compelled to like, I should be doing something, you know, it's like as moms, it's like, we're home, we're chilling. Like it's your day off, whatever the kids are at school and you're just like, I should be doing something. And there's, and it's like, yeah, but sometimes that again, like rest is important too. And sometimes the mm. doing is not doing and that's okay. Yeah. But just rewire that pattern of belief that again, like this is, it's telling your brain that it's safe. It's telling your brain, like, you know, you're cool. You're good. Thank you for trying to keep me safe, but like, we're good. Yeah. I love that. And just this morning I had to tell my brain to, it's okay to rest. Like I wanted to get yeah. some things done. I'm like, no, it's okay. The more like the easier it is to give yourself that permission. Yep. Yep. Get that machete out again and be like, I'm like going to rest. Mom guilt and that like guilt of like, Ooh, like I'm just sitting here yeah. like chilling with my cat. Like, what am I doing? It's like, yeah, girl, you do you boo. Like, love it. Yes. Embrace it. Don't let the guilt of like the hypotheticals ruin the moment, you know? Yep. I love that. What issues do you see in healthcare now that are contributing to burnout? And I know we talked a little bit about how we can um, do that, like what amongst ourselves help with burnout, but is there anything else we can you know, help advocate for or, or do um, in, in this healthcare system? Yeah. I mean, we could do, we could talk for hours about yeah. this. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of things within the healthcare system, and I'm sure y'all can rattle off. Like, oh gosh, yes. That work like toxic work environments, mm-hmm. and that even within that umbrella, it's like gossip, bullying, like peer-to-peer lateral violence, like actual mm-hmm. like physical violence, like ineffective yeah. leadership. Um, you know, playing favorites, what have you. Um, Unsafe working conditions, safe staffing, obviously is a problem in a lot of places. Unrealistic Mm -hmm. work expectations where we're expected to see more, do more, you know, check those boxes. It's all about the Benjamins for for the healthcare system. And a lot of times, like we are in a lot of ways exploited to fuel into that like revenue generating machine. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to be a pessimist, but it's true. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and in that, you know, adequate compensation, having adequate time off, um, a culture of well-being, whether or not your work environment has that um, inadequate support or resources, like not having enough, like physical resources, like during the pandemic where we didn't have enough PPE, um, lack of autonomy, like not being able to control your own schedule and how things are done, like within your work environment that directly affect you. Um, you know, a lot of times like non-clinicians are making decisions that affect clinicians' schedules and yeah. what they're doing day in and day out, which can be really hard. Um, the emotional toll, moral injury, you know, seeing things that you feel you don't have control over that just really impact you in an emotional way, whether it be like insurance driven mm-hmm. where we're trying to get medications or services for patients that we can't get that we know we need in order to appropriately care for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I could literally talk about this forever. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of no, then, it's so, you know, it's like, I think there's actions to be taken like within your little unit yeah. on the scale where like, you are you having conversations and you yeah. are questions you're getting curious with leadership about things that aren't working and you know that's like going to them with data or ideas Mm. or solutions that you think would be helpful I mean I think it's easy to slip into like oh this stinks like this isn't working boohoo because it does but I don't think it's received by anyone to create change if that's like the way we go in the Mm. way we lead have to lead being an agent of change and having ideas that we bring to the table and feeling comfortable presenting those and knowing that like, again, we're smart enough. Like we know what's going to help and what's not going to help. And maybe we don't know exactly what it is, but we have some like, you know, some places to start when it comes to brainstorming and knowing your allies is really important. Like who, who do you know that has a seat at the table or who has power or a voice within your organization or your department, Mm. like align yourself with those people because there are other change makers out there, whether they be like kind of boots on the ground within your department or your unit or what have you. And then there's also so many people advocating for change on the bigger scale, you know, going to Washington and, you know, doing, you know, really advocating, um, through, um, you know, so many, there's impact. I mean, there's all these other organizations that are out there doing the work. I, I love that. I, I, gosh, so much. I agree with all of, I mean, I agree with all of that. It's, there's so many changes that need to be made that it can sometimes be overwhelming and daunting and it's frustrating. Like it gets me like frustrated to think about like, yeah, there's all of these issues and, Mm -hmm. um, and more, but it sometimes helps to remind me, <clears throat> at least 
with like the circle of influence of um, trying to, it's the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. Oh, yeah. He draws these circles and there's the inner circle and then there's the outer circle. And how can we change that inner circle? What do we have control to change? And I like those ideas of who are your allies? Who, like, how can you bring up your concerns to people mm-hmm. and influence your circle? And, you know, maybe we can gradually widen that circle so it gets more and more wider, but focusing mm-hmm. on what we can change and, you know, uh, as opposed to, um, I mean, frustration and anger is sometimes helpful in the way that, yeah. like, we need it sometimes to get leverage appropriately. Like, yes, you have to be professional. Like, yes, like feelings are a good thing. Like, feelings are feelings, and we should feel what we feel. Like, frustration, anger, all the things we have a right to feel that way, and like, it's obvious why we feel that way. Yeah, um, but it's like in anything. Like, if we go in on attack mode and you know, all guns blazing kind of thing, it's not going to be it's not going to be received in a professional manner. Like we have to, we have to be assertive without being aggressive, if that makes sense. And there's ways, and there's ways again, to get curious with people about things that aren't working and asking questions. Hmm. And I think too, like everyone listening needs to understand, like you don't have to be the one to fix it. Like, we can put so much pressure on ourselves, but sometimes we're just tired and it's hard to like, think about taking on more things. Like if you physically cannot like do what some other people are doing in regards to like stepping into leadership positions or raising up these concerns or whatever, then support the people that are, you know, Mm -hmm. and think about how you're interacting with people, like just in terms of like day-to-day interactions, you know, like what, what is the culture of your unit like? You know, mm. we can we can create change on a small scale. It doesn't have to be you kind of going forth and um, and yeah. having these bigger conversations if that's not something that you feel you can take on. I think um, I think there's a lot of you know uh, negative stuff out there in general about healthcare and in all the things. And I think a lot of us feel that, um, but we also, a lot of us really like our jobs, you know, and -hmm. there's a certain, sometimes it's okay to just like, let it be for now, you know, especially for like new moms where you're like, you just had a kid and now there's, it's just like, it's okay to just coast. It's okay to Mm -hmm. like have seasons of your life where you're just chilling and, you know, being supportive and kind and loving and like tending to your own needs. And then when you have that bandwidth to Mm -hmm. do, or say, or what have you, then, then do it. Yeah. But just know what season you're in. Um, Cause I think, again, a lot of times it's like, we feel that pressure mm-hmm. and it can be kind of overwhelming. Um, so if anyone is looking for permission just to like chill and snuggle your kid or your cat or your dog, <laughs> or go for a walk and like fight the fight another day, it's cool. You can do that. <laughs> and, you know, again, if like, you know, your work environment is not conducive to the life that you want to live. Like we have so many options as to how we leverage our license. And that's like, again, a whole nother podcast, but there's like, I mean, we're really fortunate to be, to be licensed in what we're licensed in and have options. And sure. It's scary, you know, especially if you've been in a specialty for a long time and then you're switching or you're going wherever. Um, but 
we've all, we've all done it before we've had day ones before and we survived. So mm. again, it's about saying like, I, I mean, I know I'm looking like, yo, I've got a long time to work before I'm retiring. Yeah. So it's like, like, I'm content with my work environment now, but I sure as heck wasn't when I was, you know, totally tapped and miserable when I was living in the Boston area. And like, if I had stayed in that job just to stay in that job, no, it would have mm. been a terrible quality of life. And it would have been even worse once I had kids, you know, and, um, you know, getting clarity on what, you know, what we actually want our life to look like. And like, is there a way to make that happen in a kind of out of the box way? Yeah. You know, giving yourself the space to think about that can be really helpful. I love that. Cause I, I completely agree where it is like thinking outside of the box sometimes is, and, and that is what's so great about nursing. Like you're saying, like there are so many options and um, it's just trying to, figure out how you can utilize your skills and not settle like and sometimes you do have to deal with it for a little bit but all but at the same time recognizing this isn't for forever and here's what I'm going to do now to take the steps to do what's next what is my passion mm -hmm. what am I um meant to do in the nursing field um, and to help people. And mm -hmm. I think that brings me back, like how you're saying with one of the number one issues is like the bullying of nursing. And like, I feel like so much back in the day was like, I, I don't know, I've always kind of thought outside of the box with nursing. I just didn't want to be like, like I, I wanted to do my own thing, I think for the longest time. Um, yeah. But there were so many people that told me, no, you can't do that. Like, no, that's not something you can do. It's like, well, who says, like, who, like, that's not me. Like, maybe that's, you know, like, why don't, I don't know. I feel like it's like, don't put me in the same boxes. Like, it's just, and that's for everyone. Like, having that paradigm shift of, you know, there are different ways to go about doing things. There's our, you know, we all, we were called to this profession for a reason. Mm -hmm. And we all have our own strengths and how can we do that? And mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes the, no, the, and the, the things that people are saying to you is like their own narrative. Right. So it's like, yeah. a lot of times like Oh, don't do that. It's like, cause they're, they're afraid for you. They're like thinking, mm -hmm. Oh gosh, you know, like there's all this messaging that they've been receiving. Like, honestly, like, yeah. One of those things you just have to say, okay, like, what do I like about my job? Like, Maybe you love your job and you're like content there. Great. If you're not yeah. like, what do I like? What do I not like? What's a deal breaker? What, what do I wish? Like dream big, like mm. just write it down. Cause you never know. Yeah. It's like, we think like, oh, well that's not possible. But it's like, is it though? Like, is that yeah. a fact or is it a feeling? Because maybe, mm. maybe there's more out there than you think. You know, I have a friend who's thinking of switching jobs and she's like, well, what if it's worse when I move? Like, what if it's like a even more toxic work environment? But it's like, but what if it's not like yeah. we catastrophize, you know, and it's like, there's things that we can be empowered to do. You know, I actually have a freebie on this um, on my website of like questions to ask in your interview process that really should kind of cue you as to whether or not this is like a burnout prone environment, kind of toxic mm. situation. So there's things that you can do and questions that you can ask and like things that you can look around for when you're sussing out a place. Yeah. To Kind of get a feel for it, you know, and I think um, that's also, again, something that we are rooted in fear. It's like, okay, well, if I put myself out there, like, what's going to happen? What if it's worse? Like, what if I can't do it? What if, like, you know, the imposter syndrome hits, like, oh, well, if I shift, I'm not going to know enough stuff. I'm not going to be good enough at that procedure or whatever. It's like, 
you can do it. Yeah. Sure. There's a learning curve, but like, again, know your allies, look for mentors, like put, put the work in, have some semblance of balance, um, where you cut the cord when you leave at the end of the day. So your brain actually has time to process information Yeah, (laughs) and just grace, you know, just giving yourself forgiveness and kindness and recognizing Mm -hmm. that like, we're all humans at the end of the day and we have to have like realistic expectations for what we can and can't do. And sometimes we just need to take the leap. Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. Just taking that leap. Cause like you were saying earlier, we, it's hard at first to do certain things mm-hmm. and to take these like thorny back roads that like, you know, maybe there's branches in the way and I'm trying to like get through it. I need to get this machete out and I could just take this way that I'm already used to. That's yeah. easier. Um, oh. But does it lead me to where I, where yeah. my destination is? Same. Like I think about that yeah. with my business. Like, you know, I've mentored so many nurses and nurse practitioners at this point. Like we're in cohort 10 of my program mm. now. So, you know, 10 different groups of people That's in that amazing. program alone. And, you know, I think about the first time I put myself out there to like start this. And it was terrifying. Like what if no one signs up? What if this? What if that? Like what if this? I spent a year putting the program together. Yeah. Did I need to spend a year doing it? No. <laughs> like I did not. I was just like, oh my God, like it's not good enough. Blah, blah, blah. Like all those things. Like we all feel it. Yeah. And now I'm like, yo, this is awesome. Like how cool is this that I get to work with all these amazing human beings, support them in like cultivating this change and pivot to a more fulfilling, more restful, more energetic, more, you know, fun-filled life. Mm. And it's like, if I hadn't taken that leap, that would have stunk. Like, I'm so grateful that I like moved through that fear. But at the time it was paralyzing. Mm. It was paralyzing, you know, and I hired my own mentor to kick me in the booty to do it. (laughs) I was like, all I need you to do is just keep me accountable. Just make me do it. And that's, that was what I needed at the time. And it, it was all I needed. Like object in motion stays in motion. It's just, you've got to take the leap if that's something that you feel compelled to do and knowing that you have the resources that you need. And if you don't, you will figure it out. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. I now Diana, tell us about all the resources you had. Like you are such an inspiration to so many nurses and I want to hear more about like your website. How can we find uh, all this information and get in contact with you. Um, well, so I'm on Instagram at catalyst for self care. That's where the majority of like my content gets kind of blasted out. Lots of tools on there. Lots of, like my DMS are always open. If you have questions, um, my website has a ton of information. Um, it's, um, selfcarecatalyst.com mm-hmm. and there's resources. If you click on the resources tab, there's a bunch of freebies there. There's quizzes you can take that are free to kind of identify your level of burnout. Um, there's, there's honestly a lot of freebies. Yeah. There's a bunch of podcasts that I've been on similar to this, uh-huh. um, information about mentorship and how to join the wait list. And it kind of, um, there's curriculum is there and all the things. So, um, mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of information there, but if you're looking for something specific, just reach out to me. I'm happy to support you guys in any way that I can. Um, I love connecting with other people in healthcare, um, and hearing about like what you're needing support with. Um, cause a lot of times like it's just getting clarity around that little 
that little hurdle or that little um, barrier. And then you feel so much more empowered and you build that confidence. And then it just like kind of spirals from there. And it's really beautiful to see. So um, mm. if you're not sure where to start, um, definitely reach out. But um, yeah, that's where you can find me. That's great. And you said you're in your 10th cohort of nurses. Yeah. So the 11th cohort will launch in January of 2024. Oh, that's great. Which yeah. when you said 2024 just now, I'm like, oh, that's like, no, it's like what's happening. But like yeah, no, we six have weeks. <laughs> We've got it built out in like a teaching software. So there's like videos and a lot of it's self-guided. And then we have live calls and it's, mm. it's really great. We have a community as part of it. Um, so everybody gets to know each other and you form new friendships. A lot of my prior mentees like keep in contact with each other and we have an alumni group that they kind of can join if they want to, where they can have continued support. So um, it's a lot of fun um, at Catalyst for Self-Care on Instagram. And we have a free Facebook, like an accountability group, um, which I can actually give you the link later and you can put it in your show notes if you want. Um, and then www.selfcarecatalyst.com for all the resources and info about mentorship. Mm, awesome. Yeah. I'll put all of that in my show notes. So our listeners can take a look at all of that and have easy access to it. Um, now we're running out of time, Diana. I wanted to see if there's anything else that you want to talk about, leave our listeners with. Um, I just love our conversation. I can talk with you for like hours. I feel like with everything <laughs> that, you know, is there anything that you'd like to leave us with? No, I just, I think that, I think it's really beautiful that part of your mission is like love as a verb. And I, I hope that all the nurses and NPs out there and clinicians in general understand that like love should also be a verb for ourselves. And I know that sounds super corny, but you know, when it comes to self-love and self-care, it's not just the things you see, you know, people frothing their milk and, you know, cozy jammies and like, you know, fun nail appointments, whatever, like those are great and everything. But like, I really truly believe that the top tier self-care is that self-love and like working through a lot of those barriers so that you feel more confident and advocating for yourself and standing in your power and, you know, being a strong woman and using your voice and setting boundaries because, you know, it's important. It's all important. And it's all acts of self-love, you know, and yeah. we show the, we show love to our kids. We show love to our friends. We show love to our patients, but we truly need to start with ourselves because when we do that, it not only energizes us and kind of keeps us moving, but it just feels so good. Mm. It feels so good. And, you know, mm. we have to love ourselves first before we can extend that to other people. And that's how we, we show up more authentically, more effectively for the people around us. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I, as a verb. <laughs> yes. As a verb. Yes. I preach that so much because it really yeah. is. It's, it's you so have true. to, yeah. It's, um, I know that I talk a lot about as a mom, like I was given this name as mom, but when you think of it as a noun, it's just so, it's just not, society, ourselves, we all have these expectations or as a nurse practitioner, as a nurse, there's all these expectations. Yeah. But when you think of it with your name, like Valerie or Diana, there's so much more to us and how we start to do those things is to love. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And knowing that we have like multiple facets to our identities, like our yeah. identity wrapped up in what we do is who we be. You know, it's, we talk about that in week one of mentorship. It's like, really, truly identifying who you, who you be, like, who are you outside of all the 
things that you do? Like, what does that even look like? And that's like actually yeah. a really hard question sometimes when you sit down and like think about it. It's like, it is. Uh, wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> who am I? Yeah. But when you have clarity around that, it's so much easier to like make decisions and like know your values and take actions that support your, like your kind of quote unquote highest self. Um, Mm. so yeah, I love that. Being a mom is amazing. I love being a mom. It's like one of my favorite things in the world, but it does not define who I am. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's a really important, really important thing. Yeah. There's so much to us. And I, since you're in Maine, I just think about how I was inspired when I went to Acadia national park, which is like the Northern part of Maine. Beautiful. I remember, is it called Jordan's pond? The Jordan pond. Pond. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's was so beautiful. Such a still pond, the way the sun was reflecting on the pond. And I saw a child throw a pebble into the pond and just the way the light was hitting it, the ripple effect was so exaggerated. And it really, made me think about all of this and how I have the capacity. I can be that rock that makes the first ripple. And mm-hmm. however, we we don't even know sometimes where those ripples go. And it could either be starting to love yourself or, or whatever that is, but you mm-hmm. will create ripples by totally. your actions. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Diana. It was an absolute pleasure. And I am so excited to check out all the resources you have. And I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Thanks for having me. Thank you.